Welcome to Punchboard Paradise, a podcast coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 18, the Punchboarders talk about their recent plays, head over to Clef's for a Kickstarter corner, and do a draft of our favorite board game publishers. Hi, everybody. I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. I'm Richie. You know what? I, I'm sad that we're not... This is going to come out after Essen, so we're, we just didn't really get to do an Essen preview thing. But man, I'm so jealous looking at everybody getting ready to go to Essen. I, I would love to get over there and get my hands on some of those new games. Maybe next year? Maybe. <laughs> that, that is a possibility. And Richie, if you go... I'm going to, I, I well, can I get just one, found right? out. Like, can I get one? <laughs> so my brother-in-law is currently living in Germany because he met his wife in Germany, uh, but they're moving back in January. Oh no, that was <laughs> yeah, your connection. I, I want to keep him over there. I yeah, don't, you I don't need, care. You need oh, to find a way. Everyone wants to see his family it, again. That, that was military, right? No, they hmm. just uh, met while he was uh, studying abroad. Oh, so. I wow. thought he was military. I was going to like call his commanding officer and find a way for him to stay <laughs> Lock stationed him in there. over there. <laughs> well, maybe we, you know, cheap flight, cheap hotel. No such thing Okay, <laughs> cheap flight to Germany from here. <laughs> but, well, you know what? I, I was talking to uh, Jessica Davis, and she said, actually, that if you do it right, the flights can be relatively cheap. I know that they're flying into Paris, so... Oh, okay. All right. So if you look at it, you might be able to. It's the other stuff that gets expensive. Yeah, I was not planning on paying for a room and board, so... Yeah. Yeah, well, and then the shipping of all the games that you would buy, that would could get really bad uh yes 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 <laughs> is there a is there a game that any of you guys are looking forward to from essen i mean obviously like i said it'll already be out so we won't spend too much time on it but anybody excited about anything particularly from essen uh blackout uh hong kong the new fister game is uh yeah i think from, at the top of my list from Spiel, right right yeah. Yep. yeah that is pretty hot i saw yeah. that and i love the card management system that they have in that that kind of is a little bit reminiscent of mombasa it looks like right yep and i mean in that just that theme I love when there's a unique theme out there. So, mm. yeah, uh, anything from Fister for sure. Um, otherwise, I would say uh, Barrage is definitely that's. Is that going to be at Essen or no? It is not. It is actually, and we'll talk about this because that's I, I get to take over your Cliff's Kickstarter corner with whatever what? accent I want. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, but I, but that is. We'll talk about that more, but that's actually scheduled for Essen 2019 right now on the Kickstarter page. Okay. But. Oh, well, I know another one that I'm, there's a couple of Feld games that are going to be there. Oh, yes. Uh, Carpe Diem and... Forum Trajanum. Okay, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm going to try any Feld game, that's for sure. I've mm-hmm. seen I've seen a few reviews on uh, Carpe Diem, and it, it, looks, it looks a little lighter for, you know, what I'm used to from him, but still looks interesting. I'll still give anything a try for yeah, me. Yeah, and I think all, all the stuff that I've, I've seen from it out lately it says it is lighter but the still the the decision space is interesting so right. you know definitely saying, i don't so. mind his lighter games like uh la isla i know that one did not get a lot of love but i don't really mind that one it's uh kind of interesting so that's a filled game that i'll play with the family so i i right. enjoy i enjoy la isla for that so yeah absolutely so what about you chad i am really looking forward to a, a couple of games i am very curious about reichholt the new Uva Rosenberg game, right? Sure, yeah. So that's being published by Frosted Games, which if you guys uh, like to listen to other podcasts, uh, Low Player Count just did a, a an interview with uh, Matthias 
Nagy, I think. I'm, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, and I apologize. But he is the owner of Frosted Games. He usually does the—he started that company to do the advent calendar, which is really actually interesting. So he started with that, and he's actually uh, publishing some other stuff, which is kind of interesting. But but the Reichholt one by Uva Rosenberg is about uh, vegetable farming in Iceland, which is kind of crazy. But Uva saw that there was an article about— this restaurant with tomatoes, like everything tomatoes. It's a, you know, local growing in Iceland and tomato soup and all this stuff. Anyway, it looks like a lot of the mechanisms are kind of like uh, his older one, Gates of Loyang, at the Gates of Loyang, which I really enjoy. There's some, it looks like there's some worker placement there. And then there's also some, uh, you're, you're doing a little bit of going up that track and you pay one tomato to go up or it's free to go up, I think. And then the next step is like two tomatoes plus a this vegetable, oh, that kind of track thing, which is interesting from that it's, game. It's more yeah. of a uh, race, right? Yeah, it is. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. But another interesting tidbit from that low player count podcast, he said he's uh, actually working, hopefully we'll hear about this soon more, but he's working with Stefan Feld on a strictly two player game called I think the revolution of 1828 which is about the really acrimonious election between John Quincy Adams and Andrew Jackson which is totally fascinating to me because it doesn't sound like a like a particularly Stefan Feld sort of theme and it's it's very American and got that history it just it just seems really interesting so hopefully that's a good thing yeah I, wow that's that's surprising <laughs> I don't know what else to say about that but that's yeah, surprising. Be curious how they handle Andrew Jackson is he just be going around shooting people right all day? yeah <laughs> that's, a, that's another interesting thing right there so I don't know if they get into how uh, how awful Andrew Jackson was but uh, but I don't know if this just focuses on the election but that was just kind of interesting so that's, that's kind of like a you know team and kobe and Shaq up together i mean that's that's high powered right there yeah yeah so we'll see yeah, i'll have to check that one out uh, so anyway that's pretty exciting news for for those kinds of things and i can't wait to get uh, my hands on some of these games coming from Essen. so i'm looking forward to it well chad one game that i finally played it's off my uh, shelf of shame and this is a game that you gave me like two years ago, Exit the Pharaoh's Tomb by Inca and Marcus Brand, uh, published by Cosmos, I believe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Be How'd interested like to it? hear what you say. Yeah. Um, well, see, I'm not. <laughs> that's not a good start. <laughs> yeah, that's not I a guess. good start. <laughs> <laughs> so for those not familiar, it's a, you know, it's an escape room in a box, essentially. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a one time shot. You're going to be destroying things and. I, you know, I'm not going to get into the actual story here uh, just because I don't want to ruin any of the puzzles. You know, no no spoilers. So I didn't mind it. The wife loved it. Jessica loved it. And she wants more of them. Yes, I but, thought so. And I do not like puzzles. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was I, like, I was so quick to like, let's just because uh, there's these you little. Uh, the cheat card. The, yeah, the, the, uh, <laughs> the whatever the, the hints. Yeah. I, and there's three for each clue. And yeah. I was just like, just. We're never going to figure this out. Just give me the clue card. <laughs> and she was, you know, really pushing back on that. Right. So we did not we did not do well. We got two stars, I think, out of possible five. Is that the, I think, the the scoring? Right. Yeah. So we did not do fantastic. It took us like an hour and 20 minutes. If it were up to me, we would have finished it in about 20 minutes by <laughs> blowing through those clue cards. But she's already said that she wants to get another one of the exit games. So... How do you yeah. feel about that? <laughs> so really, I guess that, I'll be playing more exit games. I guess you will be. <laughs> that was a birthday present for Jess, then I guess. Yeah, yeah, you did good. You did real good. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you know, that was the one also that won the Kennerspiel last year. That, right. that particular. Uh, and, 
And I'll say it. it was interesting, and I I understand why it won the award. It mm-hmm. is definitely designed well, and the puzzles flowed well. I just don't like puzzles, and I don't really like escape rooms all that much. Have you guys, either one of you, played the unlock ones? I have. Have um, you, Richie? I have not. Okay, I haven't played either, so I have no idea. So I played the unlock. My extended family my sister and stuff she just gets uh, crazy about the unlock ones and i gave her the exit ones i don't know if she played that but she came to my house and would not leave it to play like all the unlock ones i said i had had out and she just she's like obsessive compulsive over it it's just really funny but i like the unlock ones there's more story to the unlock ones okay because they kind of focus on cards that you're looking at around the room kind of like time stories is where you see a picture and you're trying to find numbers that correspond to the cards and add up numbers hidden numbers on the cards to go to other cards kind of thing and there are some interesting, unique things there. Now, the one that I have heard a lot about lately about Unlock is there's a Wizard of Oz one that is particularly has a thematic twist to it. So if you're a fan of hmm. Wizard of Oz and you like that kind of time stories, look at the card gameplay and try to solve the clues kind of thing, that might be one for you. But I I like both of them and would definitely play them with my family. That's kind of the audience there. But Exit, I think, struck me uh, as more entertaining just because I enjoyed the puzzles more. But that's just me. And Ooh. Unlock is replayable, right? Like, you don't destroy anything on Unlock. You can right? pass it around. Now, I will say, I, I turned all my work friends onto this. They were like, oh my gosh, this game is amazing, and got all the Unlock games and then started to get the Exit games too. And uh, my friend, he his wife, is very much like, no, we are not destroying it. They wrote down and copied out some of these puzzles so that they could redo them. Oh, or wow. Give them to, yeah, it was <laughs> kind of funny. But they, they did it, and the, and I played one of their copy uh, to, to redo it, and it, it is it's doable. It was kind of fun. So, hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so that was Exit. Uh, like I said, it, if you are into puzzle games and that type of you know escape room, go definitely pick it up. It's definitely designed well. Hey, let's talk about a Euro. Um, <laughs> <laughs> big shocker. Um, I got a play-in of the new... Endeavor Age of Sail. Ooh. Yeah, that is uh, the designers on that are Carl D. Visser and Jarrett Gray, I believe. I hope I didn't mispronounce either one of those. And that's published uh, by Burnt Island Games in cooperation also with Grand Gamers Guild. It's an older game that has been re they just the kickstarter just came out so they redid it it's really it's a it's a pretty game it's got some nice art it looks good it's got some uh now the game the version i played was the oh i think dan said it was the commodore version which was like the big fancy version it had the nice wooden pieces and it had game trays and it had the recess board which is you know is always nice in a game because you are having to move up these tracks quite a bit and move it around um Really nice looking game. I was like, at the time, I thought it was going to be a little bit more of a heavier game than what it actually was. It actually was fairly light from what you, once you kind of understood what you're doing, you're basically just kind of going to different, you start off in Europe and then there's different areas around the world that, you know, you can go and set sail to, but you're just using these cards that have action spots on them so you might go set sail and go to a new part of the country or new part of the world i should say or you can fight somebody as long as the whole area is been discovered or something like that really i would think the most unique part of the game is once again i think we might have talked about this quite a while ago was it does have an aspect where you can have certain cards to start off with which are called slavery cards and they're like more powerful cards but as soon as somebody goes through this other deck 
it automatically abolishes slavery and you lose all those cards from slavery and you also lose victory points at the end of the game. So I don't know, Chad, did you have a chance to play this one? Yes, I did. And I'd like to ask you first and then I'll give you my thoughts. Did you got did you get into the slavery cards in your game? Did did people go into those? Uh, we did. Um, and in fact, um, we never had slavery abolished. Ooh. Yeah, it just never uh, that we explored enough that people started taking other cards and different things. So I think and I, the, I think each one of us, we were playing a three player game. I think each one of us had a slavery card or maybe even a couple for a couple of us. So it didn't it just wasn't a benefit necessarily for anybody to try to abolish it because we you know we had those cards interesting yeah so that was uh you know i mean for me once again again when i'm playing a game theme is so not there for me it's not like i'm sitting there thinking oh my goodness i'm doing actual slavery i'm just thinking okay i have a good card and i don't want somebody to ruin that card but yeah that's so it did work in the game for us um yeah. On the game I played, uh, the turn order started out and a lot of people started taking that deck, the other deck of cards. And so obviously, as you said, when that runs out, then the slavery cards, slavery is abolished and those slavery cards go away. But we had started to go through that other deck so much that nobody touched the slavery cards because you could see that we were just going to go right through those other cards really quick and slavery was going to be abolished and you were going to get punished for it. So it really didn't play a factor in our game, the one that we played. Now, I won't really talk about it, but we did play uh, one rule uh, one rule wrong. I was taught one rule wrong. But uh, for the most part, like you said, it was a, it was a medium-light game, I'd say. Yeah. About area control mostly. Now, the interesting thing about the slavery cards is that they don't count toward your hand limit because there's a very stringent hand limit. And... So when you get to take those slavery cards, you could just keep amassing them. And so you really could uh, build up a huge hand of of cards where the other people wouldn't, uh, from what I could tell. But like I said, if you go through that deck, then it's a huge, a huge punishment. So uh, I'm not sure. I, th- I thought you were only allowed to have an one extra slave. If it was a slavery card, I think you're only allowed to have one extra one, not unlimited. Ooh, I don't know about that because I think, mm. I mean, I, I, I have I, not read the rules. I just got taught the game. So, but that's how sure. we played it. I'm not sure because there's way more than five cards in that slavery deck. So that doesn't necessarily make sense. I don't think because it, well, it I think it's just every other, everybody can have at least one extra card. If you have one of those slavery cards. Oh yes. No, that yes. I that think I, that's what it, but like I said, I didn't read the rules. I just got taught the game. But, so yeah. would you play it again? Yes, I would. Probably like three more times, and then I think I would have my fill of it. Uh, but, I mean, after just one, I definitely feel like I would like to give it another try and, and just kind of see what the different things that you can do. Um, we did play with, I don't know if you did, Chad, we played with the extra boards that you could, like if you unlocked the governorship of different areas of the world, you then could add like these special abilities that you could do if you were part of those worlds. Did you play with that part? We didn't. That would have been interesting. Okay. Yeah. That that was, yeah, because I had like a monastery one. So I literally was able to just use a, an action to go place one of my tokens anywhere I wanted to. Didn't I didn't have to have influence there or anything. I could just place it wherever I wanted to because it was, you know, the church basically, you know, talking all these natives into being part of their religion or whatever. So I was able just to find some of the bigger spots. Um, I didn't win. I came in second. Uh, I was Dan was the one who had the game and then it was Josh who came over and he crushed us. He like, I don't even know how he beat us. I wasn't even paying attention to him. Well, <laughs> so the interesting thing to me is that I like the idea of it, but to me, the way I play, played it, it was just 
the idea of it. In other words, it doesn't really feel like it necessarily teaches you anything as you're playing. Again, we didn't take the slavery cards, but to look at it, you you think when you before you play the game that oh yeah now you're gonna see why sla- why people did slavery because it was advantageous they made lots of money but then obviously it's a horrible thing so let's abolish it you know in practice when you talk about it maybe that's interesting but it doesn't necessarily feel like it comes through as much in the gameplay f- you know from my very limited experience right i would say it sounds interesting as far as the you know like you have kind of like alternative history as far as like like a newer game where there's no need for an interview to abolish it so right that'd be interesting to see how that plays out right uh, but like i said i mean for me and this is just theme wise just never comes into my thought it wasn't like i ever thought oh i'm doing slavery i thought okay i'm getting this card that's giving me these advantages to do this right so i mean somebody else who plays it that that could be a very emotional thing for them to you know like oh you're kidding me we're not abolishing slavery you know that's you know a terrible thing and or whatever in a game so i don't know worth checking out um you know if you like you know medium to lighter medium euros definitely is is worth uh giving a shot to all right well i want to talk about a game that's for the birds or for the bird watchers or something like that. Uh, we all <laughs> we, we all played we all played Peepmots, which I think is German for hey birds. Um, so <laughs> is that the literal bird. translation? <laughs> hey birds, I think, yeah, hey I, birds. I, they love birds. Um, so I think uh, yeah, no, I don't know that for sure. I'm sorry uh, for any native German speakers. Uh, but so Peepmots is actually a thinky filler card game. And it's a game where you have a feeder in the center of the table and there are birds out by that feeder and you are playing bird cards from your hand down to that space to the left of the bird. Now, what you are choosing to do is pick, these bird cards are numbered and in different colors. And so you're choosing to either play a bird that is lower than the bird at the feeder. And if you do that, then you get to play a bird from your hand down to your tableau. Or if you put down a bird that is higher, then you get to take the seed card, which is a variety of different points. And you get to take the bird that is at the feeder that gets played down into your tableau. Now, what you're doing with your tableau is you want to have... Uh, matches or sets of male and female birds of the same number and color because those are worth points at the end and you are also scoring points from a majority of a certain color or kind of bird as well so if you have the most at the table then you get to score those at the end of the game in addition there are bad cards that come out of the deck each turn that can be birds or squirrels which can totally mess you up so that if you have to take a feed card uh, a seed card excuse me then you will have to take the bird or the squirrel which those things have sort of punishing effects as well but what you're doing a lot of times is kind of adding up the birds that are at the feeder behind the other bird and trying to see what you get to play from your hand to get the points or the action that you are desiring it's a nice little thinky filler with a little bit of math but it doesn't ever feel like overwhelming or unfun in that way so we all played this together and had a good time i i quite enjoyed it now clef you're the one that is not the card player of of the three of us did you enjoy that game though yeah i did i thought it was you know it was a little bit more mathier than what I thought it would be. I mean, every time you're sitting there just having to figure out, okay, so if I play this number, it's going to be blah, 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 blah. So I'm going to get this card and then I might get this card. So it is a little bit of math, but nothing that's, you know, overwhelming. I mean, just, you know, addition, subtraction type of thing. 
but I, I liked it. I thought it was interesting, and it was really fun to keep you know screwing you with the bad cards. I thought that was a lot of fun. Yeah, you guys did a really good job of that. <laughs> Everybody was totally entertained when I was swearing at the squirrels. <laughs> I would say, I think you took every squirrel. I pretty, pretty much, much did. Basically, so. that was like that was that game was like Chad's backyard. I mean, like because my I hate squirrels and they're like all over my back. Anyway, Richie, you described this I think as a combination of arboretum and something else, which I thought was parade, and it's probably yeah. more parade than arboretum. I was thinking of the scoring for uh with arbor but really you do the exact same thing in parade whoever has the majority gets to score those cards in that color so it's definitely it's kind of like parade on steroids basically right but, yeah. yeah solid game yeah. so a good little short kind of lunchtime game or filler or that that kind of 100 i definitely this would be a good lunchtime game and yeah, i'd play it again i, I enjoyed it but uh you know what i really want to hear about and i'm sad to say that this will not be me for kickstarter corner but i am interested to hear about barrage ah yes today's kickstarter corner sponsored by chad (laughs) (laughs) all righty let's talk about barrage from cranio creations and designers tommaso batista and simone luciani which is a favorite around here, as many people know. Barrage is a two to four player game about resource management and worker placement. It has to do with the theme of creating electrical power through a brand new transformer device by Tesla. Apparently, there is depletion of the natural resources, and so now there is a push to use water for your electrical power. As I said, it's a resource management game. You're building dams and conduits to get the water down to certain areas in your power plants to provide energy and get bonus points. Some of the interesting mechanisms in this game are that you have resources such as sort of cement mixers, I, I think they are, and then another another building resource, and you're putting them when you build a dam or you build a conduit or you build a power plant, you are putting these resource cubes onto a wheel that locks down those resources. And then that wheel spins every turn until it gets all the way back around. And then you get those resources freed up again. So you have to wait for some of those resources. So there's a lot of long-term planning involved just in that, not to mention how you are kind of trying to conduct the water flow because water in this game starts kind of at the top of the board, so to speak, and flows downhill. Now you can build a dam higher up, but it's way more expensive to do so. But there might be a reason to do that because then you get to control the way that the water goes downward a little bit. And that's kind of interesting. So you're also building these conduits to try to divert the water energy to your power plant as well. And in the meantime, you're also taking electrical contracts that you're fulfilling. So this is a heavier game, I think, than we're used to seeing from Cranio Creations. And it's really kind of exciting. You're you're going to be fulfilling those power contracts, activating unique building abilities, and using those workers, again, to build different things out on your player board and on the board itself. And Richie, I think you're really going to like this one because not only is it some 
thinky strategic planning involved, but there is lots of messing with people because you can really, Ooh. yeah, you can take away their water and kind of mess with them. And I like it. I yeah. like it. I mean, I was already in with uh, Simone Luciani's name on there. So, but yeah, if I can steal water from people, I'm <laughs> count me in. <laughs> now I might just not be able to play this with Richie. That's all. <laughs> 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 oh my god i am i am just kind of scrolling through here and looking at the kickstarter right now as you're talking about it and oh boy yeah, i mean it, it's oh, oh boy it's really exciting now oh the only thing that by the way this campaign should still be up for about two weeks when this episode drops so go over and look at the page for yourself but the only thing about this is that it is kind of expensive for the states. Uh, if you want the expansion with the game, it is about 91 US dollars. That is not the blinged out version where there's almost like a 3D relief map of how the water flows down, which is kind of cool, but not within my budget. And then there's about 17, the, the shipping is about 17, uh, 17 euros, excuse me. I, I, I don't know how that translates exactly, but about 17 euros for shipping to the U.S. So in essence, for that, the expansion and the shipping, you are paying almost $120. And that's that's kind of steep for us here in the States. So I'm really tempted, but I'm, I'm waffling right now. Now, the production looks really nice, even if it's not the special 3D Kickstarter version, but it's, it's interesting. It's expensive, but yeah, too bad my pocketbook's going to have to take it. All right. All right. That's why I like to hear. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Okay, so Clef is in. Basically, this is Chad getting Clef um, to buy on the Kickstarter. Another thing that I find really interesting on this is they say they are promising, Cranial Creations is promising that this game will be to their backers by April of 2019, which is a fast turnaround for nice. Kickstarter. Not only that, uh-huh. but they're making exclusive. So Kickstarter people will get it for six months and they will not release it to retail until Essen. So they are promising if you back them on Kickstarter, you will get this game six months before anybody else can get it. Which is kind of cool because it is, it certainly is kind of a bummer sometimes when you see a game you've Kickstarted and even since a Kickstarter is supposed to be exactly that, you're helping them fund to get the money to produce the game. But it always is nice to kind of have that game before Joe Schmo gets to walk into a store and buy it before you. So I, I think that's kind of a neat thing. Yeah, definitely. It, I've had a couple Kickstarters where you see people just buying it at retail. And even though usually the Kickstarter you're getting, you know, exclusives that the other people aren't getting, it, it does suck to see people playing the game that you've been waiting for, you know, six months to, to get. Yep. I can yeah. understand that. So if the cost doesn't bother you, you should definitely check this out. Cause I can, I can guarantee you that if you like the games we like, this is probably going to be in your wheelhouse yeah. for I mean, a game. Simone Luciani is, is pretty much like Ian O'Toole to Chad for me. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's how it is. <laughs> yeah, let's look at that Venn diagram. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that is Barrage from Cranio Creations and Tommaso Batista and Simone Luciani. Okay, guys, I've been getting a lot of grief. Well, oh, as yeah? it should be. I mean, <laughs> what are we talking about here? I mean, the, the, this should oh, be you a just mean in general. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> so I've been given a little bit of grief on my current rating of Root. When we did the Root review, uh, I, got, I got a little bit of flack. Oh, yeah. 
And did I say that that's, I mean, I think our last podcast, I think that's what we led with. <laughs> uh, fair, fair and balanced reviews, you you always say at the beginning. So I said, well, wait, back it up. What'd you say? Okay. So, well, I'm going to, I'm going to plead my, my case here. And then you guys, <laughs> we, we can discuss what we want to go forward for. So in my mind, when we were doing that review, um, first of all, and I, I'm, I'm going to say straight up, I mean, I apologize to you know, leader games and Cole Worley. I'm not trying to say the game is trash and to burn it. That is not what my intentions are. I know the game is well liked by a lot of people and people are enjoying it. I was simply trying to give people, if you like what I like and don't like war games and such like that, that's the the review I was giving it. And that's the rating I was giving it. When I was sitting there thinking about the review and I thought, you know, I really didn't like the game. It just wasn't for me. I didn't, you know, I was not having fun. So I really came up with a thought that pretty much at that moment, I was about to give it a two because normally on our punch board rating, you know, two is a good game that, you know, you just didn't like, but other people would like. But then I thought to myself, well, then why do we have our rating scale of one through six? If I really could never give a game a one. I mean, if I, you know, I don't think that Munchkin is a good game, but I know a lot of people out there love it. I don't think Flux is a good game. Other people love it. There's a lot of games out there that just because I don't like it, others somebody out there is going to like it right so that's why i gave it the one that's me playing my case maybe we need to change the rating scale i'll shut up and let you guys talk first of all i just want to be clear leader games and cole worley did not contact you so that's that's there's no beef there because cole really doesn't care what you think no never no they, to talk they don't to even know who the heck we are no that's not <laughs> a problem they, they I'm wanna, just, i mean cole really doesn't like you anyway so uh, probably true <laughs> um but I, I will just say when i think of this a one should be rare like a six, okay? Because that is a distribution and that is a rating scale. That is the way it should be. Now, the the two, as you said, is a game that I don't care for, other people may care for. I always think of a one when it's trash like that, that I hate using this word, but you could say broken. I think that that is way overused, by the way, but there is a mechanism within the game that really doesn't make it very good. Maybe the rules are unplayable as is. Those kind of things can make a game a one to me. If the game is not really playable as a game, and this should be rare, especially when we're picking out games that we want to review, but that is a one, and that's how I view a one, and that's why other people have come up to me and said, based on your rating scale, Clef really should have given that a two, and I've said, yep, I can't argue with you there. And I agree that based on the way that it is written, that it probably should have been a two. But I, I, you know, like if we ever reviewed Tramways, for example, for me, that's a one. It's not a two. It's not a game that I would ever recommend anyone because it's a one to me. Uh-huh. So I think maybe we need to rephrase how we do a two. I think a one is a game that gets that out of you, gets you like you were miserable playing Root. Right. And it was a one experience for you. Yes. There are games that even if they are well-designed, they're good games to other people, they could still be a one to you. They can still get you to that level. Like Lowlands was just a meh game. If someone was like, hey, do you want to play Lowlands? And, you know, there's no other board games around us. I'll play it. Right. I would agree. Yeah. And, you know, so I can see how, you know, it, it could be a game. If you don't own any games like that, then fine. You can play Lowlands. I would not... I would never stop you from doing that. But if you try to play tramways or dungeon pets around me, I'm going to slap it out of your hand. (laughs) 
or just go do something else. I mean, you'd have right. no desire to play those games. Right. So I, I think maybe we just need to rephrase a, a two. Probably, because uh, when we say three, we say, you know, I, I don't need to own this, but I would play it again. Whereas two implies I'm not going to play it again. Right. So if so, if we redid the rating scale, okay, I'm just I'm just throwing it out here, okay. So if we said one is a game that you a disliked, b would never play again, c had a miserable experience playing, would we then say that we could rate something a one, or or what you're saying, Chad, is obviously that a one is going to come around about as rare as a six is going to come around. Yeah, it, it certainly seems like it, because here's the thing. It should be a normal distribution, but we can kind of see a game and whether we would like a game usually, and that's what we're going to pick to review. We're not going to pick something that we can see from five miles away that we're going to hate, you know? Right. We're never going to review Munchkin. Correct. Right. right. Well, I. it's just, I want everybody to know. I mean, I, I am certainly going to always give my opinion on what I think of games, and I'm never going to hold back whether... You know, I'm not obviously I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings or say a game is bad. I'm just going to say, you know, this is my feelings on the game. And, you know, certainly I'm going to tell you when I love a game. I mean, you know, uh, there's a little game maybe you guys have heard of called Brass that, you know, I've talked about a little bit because I quite enjoy it. (laughs) Right. And I was talking with one of our listeners, uh, actually a few of our listeners, and they have, you know, said and Richie loved Root, right? He gave it a five. And they have said, you know, and this isn't even in response to Root, just saying like, yeah, Richie is Richie is the smart one. You know, Richie Mm -hmm. has it going on sort of thing. Who are these people? What? (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, and like I said, that's not even in regards to Root. So, so you kind of, this is why we have three different perspectives to kind of give you our take on what we, what we enjoy about a game. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll mess with our rating system and we'll announce it for next time when we review a game. Okay. I just feel like we, we have to be able to give a game a one, you know I mean? If Richie did Tramways, there has to be something that allows him to give it a one, even since it is a good game, and there are people that certainly like that game. For Richie, he doesn't. Hey, it's in my top ten. Richie just doesn't like punishing games, and it is a punishing game. You're taking on stress. It punishes you. If you are a person who likes to play those kind of games, obviously, you know, Heavy Cardboard talks about those games that cause us delicious. I mean, the in the game, you're taking on literal stress. You know, if you don't like that kind of stuff in games, then you might not like Tramways, but some of us do. Right, yeah, I, I think... Yeah, we'll figure it out because it's maybe a two. There has to be something there that you do enjoy in it. So like tramways, I can I can acknowledge. Yes, it's probably a a very well designed game. Right. Or I don't enjoy it. People enjoy it. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. Okay. All right. Well, now that that controversy's over. It's not over. I'm just still going to enjoy forwarding emails to you. But I would like to move on to something much more exciting, which is our draft of our favorite publishers, board game publishers. Richie. Please explain to our audience, in case they are listening for the very first time, which if you are, welcome, how our drafts on this show work. Okay, so we will randomly determine who will go first, and that person will pick the draft order. Then we'll have a serpentine draft, meaning the person who picks last in the first round will pick first in the second round, 
And once a game is drafted, it's off the board. That way we'll all have unique lists, and we are going to roll to see who goes first. All right. Gentlemen, grab your dices. It has been a while since we've done a draft. I, I can't even remember who won the last die roll. I know. Let's see if you roll another one. <laughs> all right, here we go. Seven. Five. Six. All right. So we're going to do me and then Clefster and then Richie. I'll take the double pick. I thought you might like that. Okay. All right. So my first one is going to be what's your game? So, what? Yeah. I don't think he can take this. No, Richie, let's have a ruling. <laughs> nope. I don't I, think he can take this. I knew it was going to go first, but. No. This is the way it goes. This is the way it goes. Now, <laughs> oh, it my God. Not, it, I want to. All right. It may not be my top, but I. that is what's strategic about the draft. If you get there first, you've got it. So I'm going to go with what's your game because I love Signore. Signore is a great, great game. You're starting with Signore? Yeah. yeah that's the one you start. Oh, my goodness. Just give me a second here. Just give me a second. I love dice drafting. Fantastic game, right? Nippon is, to me, one of their most... I know this word gets thrown around a lot, but Nippon is one of their most elegantly designed games for the decisions that you get to make and the rule set. I think it's great. I really like Nippon. Um, and then Zango is multi-use cards, so of course I'm going to love it. Now, my only my only caveat with what's your game is all the score tracks look the same. A lot of the art is recycled, but that's you, a problem. Uh, done problem for me. <laughs> they do love mustard yellow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's my point. So uh, that that's one caveat. But you know what? The game play is the most important, and what's your game has some of the best gameplay out there. Now, I know that I'm I'm leaving off a specific game, which is Madeira, <laughs> but with Madeira, I haven't had as many plays as you guys have, so I just didn't put it on there. It's I know I enjoyed my play of it, but I get it. He rolled better than you. I guess that's all I can say is he rolled better than us. <laughs> all I right. Don't know. What you got, Clef? <sighs> I feel like I'm already doing this draft in protest. Um, <laughs> okay, I really got to... Wow, what two or is Richie going to take away from me when I go... I know he'll take that. All right. I'm just, because I'm going to go for it here. And I, I've got to go, I got to go cranio. Uh, it's really a debate between this and another one, which is probably going to be gone by the time it gets to me, but I got to go cranio. Uh, not only are they, Barrage is a coming, not that that counts for this, but I mean, that obviously looks amazing, but it has Lorenzo El Magnifico. My number two of all time, amazing game. Newton, which is one of my favorite great games of the year, which I absolutely love. Um, Council of Four. Uh, they also have, you know, a few other things that they've reprinted that, you know, uh, came from different publishers or whatever. But just even the few of those, I mean, that that's just going to bring it up to the to the top for me. Uh, pretty much right now, Cranio is a, I'm going to check it out and see what it is and almost, you know, an immediate buy for me of anything that they put out. Cranial Creations usually has Simone Luciani involved. So that is a plus right there. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it was on my list. So, yeah, yeah good so, thing you took it now. All right. So number two there for me or my number one, I should say, is Cranio Creations. All right. So for my number one, I'm going to start with Pearl Games. Ooh, okay. nice. So we got okay. Trois. Love it. Tournay, uh, Brussels. 1893 1893 yeah 93. 93 yep excellent game i like the is that uh, deus deus yep yep deus i like deus as well yep and they're gonna have i think black angel 
which I, obviously we can't count it because we haven't we haven't played that yet. But uh, guess who who did the art on that? I think was it Ian O'Toole? Yeah, never heard of him. <laughs> all right, <laughs> but yeah, they all their their games are just they have solid, medium, medium heavy euros and fantastic game. Oh, even uh, Ginkopolis. Oh yes, how could I forget that? That Which is, is going to get a reprint. I mean, soon. I uh, well, we don't know about that. I would like it to happen, but I it's think just going to happen. Oh, I hope so. That game is phenomenal. I've only had one and a half plays of that game. Oh my gosh, that would that would make my top ten if I could get more plays. I bet. Oh, you guys got to play that game. Yeah, it's I got to so try good. it. Yeah, yeah. I definitely try it. Out. They were teasing it, and they got a lot of response. So I don't know why they wouldn't reprint it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I hope it happens. Maybe they don't like money. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm sure that's it. Okay, Richie, what's your, what's okay. your next one? So for my second one, I'm going to go with Capstone Games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to get to play the Estates tonight. Oh, boy. So I'm excited about that. Clef's got that coming in. Mean um, auction game. Clay, I'm, I'm really sorry that I didn't take you number one. I Clay, was home I'm from, from Ohio, Rich, so, uh, you know, I, fellow Ohioan got you, so oh, that's good. Oh, boy. All right. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Lignum, Carthago. Uh, Haspel Connect. Uh, and I still haven't tried Three Kingdoms uh, Redux. Yep. But right. we do have that. We, yep. I definitely want to try that out. Climbers. Pipeline. Don't forget Pipeline. Pipeline. Yeah. Pipeline's coming out, or not coming out soon, but the Kickstarter's going up soon. That's a fantastic game. But yeah, just fantastic. They bring in fantastic games, and then uh, Pipeline being their first developed in house game is great as well. Oh. <sighs> I, I feel robbed in this list. It's, I'm like in double protest right now. All right, but I do have a really good one. And I was actually surprised when I started looking at every all the games that uh, this publisher puts out. I'm going to go with Eggertspiel. Yeah. Okay, and just straight Eggertspiel. Yep. Um, I mean, Coal Baron, Heaven and Ale, Rococo, uh, Village, uh, Porta Nigra, uh, even Yido, I, I got one play of and actually was was impressed with that game. I mean, all those games are strong games for me that I really love. Right in my wheelhouse, that nice medium to somewhat, uh, really kind of in the medium. They don't really, not too much medium heavy, but, you know, just right in my wheelhouse. So And don't forget Great Western Trail. They had that first as well. Absolutely, I mean. yeah, which is obviously my favorite game of all time, you know. So I think, I think I have the Stronghold version, but certainly they were the first publishers of it, and I think they have it back now is that i believe that's right so right and Edgar um, spiel has what richie was talking about that blackout blackout hong kong is coming that's yep. true yep. and one thing to to keep in mind with this with this publisher i mean they are owned by plan b games now i know that that is a we're considering that to be separate but you will notice like as in with coimbra as it came out they stepped up the production quality from right. the previous Eggert Spiel with Coimbra. So that's right. that's something there that, that looks pretty much slick. better. Yeah, Even absolutely. their logo got a, a got a an upgrade. So, yeah. upgrade. so they're yeah, right. stepping it up. But yeah, so uh so that's gonna be my second pick is going to be Eggert Spiel. Well, I get to come around the turn here, so I am going to bring up a couple here that I'm pretty excited about. Eggert Spiel was on my list, but my next one is going to be actually Spielworks. Okay. Spielworks. Okay, yeah, I can see that for you. Yeah, they they make a lot of great games. Now, they're a little bit more expensive because their production runs are much smaller than most of the publishers we've been talking about. But I love the games that Uli Blenemann finds for Spielworks. La Granja was originally a Spielworks game, which is great multi-use cards, like the, like the card play in that. Also... Gentes or Gentes, I I always mispronounce that. Now that's coming to uh, Kickstarter to be delivered soon by TMG. But uh, the 
the Spielworks version was first, and they're who kind of published that game. It's 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 a great game. And then an upcoming release by Jason Dinger from Spielworks is Captains of the Gulf, which again I'm excited about. It's going to be at Essen, a very small print run, unfortunately, but uses that multi-use card mechanism much like Lagranja. So I'm pretty excited for that one to come out as well. So Spielworks is my next pick. All right. Well, you got the swing. So what's your next one? All right. Well, with my next one, you guys kind of knew it was coming and I got to grab yep. it before the yep. rest of you do. It's <laughs> I'll take just, it next if yep. you don't. Yep. Eagle Griffin Games. Okay. Yep. Because Eagle Griffin Games, they make the deluxe Vital Lacerda, you know, tool games. And I mean, those are... Who? Yeah, Eno uh, Tool, you know, that guy. Chad, uh, tell us a little bit about Eno Tool. <laughs> All right, well, some other time. Uh, his favorite breakfast food, and but we don't have time oh, yeah. for that now. Okay, anyway, uh, I love the production of, of Eagle Griffin games. Yeah, they're a little bit more expensive with the Kickstarter, but they are always worth it to me. Their production on particularly the the Vitala Sarta games are just just top notch. It's a great marriage and is the reason why I have to go with Eagle Griffin games. So there you go. The Vitala Sarta Eno Tool productions from Eagle Griffin get my vote. I'm surprised I didn't go first. Well, I knew that I wasn't going to have to arm wrestle anybody. I know I, I could. I could have seen Clef taking that just to just to get at you. <laughs> I probably should have after <laughs> yeah. taking what's your game. Okay, so I am next. This is going to sound like a strange one for me to take, but this is how good the production of this game was for me to jump this publisher in to my top publishers, and now it's going to be a publisher that I'm going to look at every single time, and I'm going to say Roxley Games. I mean, yep. yeah, it's brass and brass alone, or I guess you could say brass and brass Birmingham, uh, but if you want to break <laughs> it up there, the production quality of that game that they did and just the look and the poker chips and everything, it's worth it for me to put them on my list. I, I just, I have to go with Roxley Games. I mean, if that is going to be how they are going to continue to put out games and make a Euro game look and feel, it's just, they have to be there for me and... So I'm I'm gonna throw Roxley Games on there. Yeah, solid choice. It, it's on my list. Uh, also, Santorini. Yeah, another beautiful you know, production. I know you don't like abstracts, but right. And Super Mother Load was another. I know you don't like deck build builders either. Are you sure you should be picking Roxley? <laughs> <laughs> Chad picked. What's your game? Hey, I like those games and have all of those games. So yeah, don't give me right, any guff. Fine, whatever. Uh, but yeah, so I don't care. I mean, for Bra- Brass alone, I'm going Roxley Games, and I yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing whatever they do next, and maybe I'll have to go check out Super Motherload. I enjoy Steampunk, Steampunk Rally, by the way, too. Yeah, it wasn't a, a bad game. game yeah, I've, I've played Steampunk Rally. It was good and, you know, certainly beautiful once again. So, right. I mean, they do nice work. So, yeah. So, my third pick, I'm going to go with Roxley Games. Okay, so for my third pick, I'm going to take uh, Lookout Games. It's- okay, yeah. You know, if you like any Rosenbergs, so Clef, you don't have to listen to this. <laughs> I mean, I'll tune out. All right. <laughs> Newsfjord, Patchwork, Caverna. They also uh, put out. Uh, they put out a lot of Fister games. So, Oh My Goods, Isle of Sky, uh, even uh, Riverboat, which is a Keyslander, is another one of my favorites. I think th- their production value is fantastic, and they have a lot of uh, expansions coming out at Essen this year that I'm really interested in. The new Caverna expansion, the Lost Folk or something like that, that adds player powers to the game. Everything that they put out, I usually try to bring over even before uh, it hits the U.S. Like uh, Piedmont's is another one. 
Mm, that, right. That was a lookout game. So I think that's a great choice. I I had that on my list as well. However, I don't know how to explain it. it they make really good what feels to me like really good couples significant other games i think i don't i don't even know how to explain it but it just always feels like a game that i want to get to the table with with my wife or with my close friends a lot of you know a lot of their games play well at two players often it's hard to explain but it it's just that really nice niche of a medium weight neuro that you can really really enjoy with with your good friends and 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 your family well, they do have all those Rosenberg two-player games as well. So, right. Yeah, so that's that's, that's what I'm thinking of, I think. But they also have, because I know you guys are trying to get into 18XX, they also put out 1853, which I know Clef owns, I believe. Right, right. Yes, yes, I do. Yep. And 1830, is that the other one that you were? That uh, That's true. Those are those are some good, some good ones as well that I neglected to, to think about. All right, so that's Lookout Games. And for my last pick, I'm going to go with Super Meeple, which is a... French publisher and the reason I'm picking them is one they they've been reprinting all of the um, Kramer and Kiesling uh, mass series games so Tikal um, Java uh, in Mexico and they have some other games like Mafiozu and their production value is just it, it's on par with Roxley games it they have great uh, resin pieces in Tikal and Mexico and I'm really excited to try Java when that comes out. I, um, I know it's not coming out underneath uh, that name. It's going to be Cusco. So Super Meeple, if you have not checked out their games, go check them out. I believe another publisher usually is the one that brings them over to the U.S., which I'll leave unnamed because one of these two might pick it. But Super Meeple for my last pick. Clef. Okay, so the last one I am going to go with is I'm going to actually go with R&R Games. Um, they've got Mombasa. Yep, which one of definitely one of my favorites. Ulm, which is actually really one of my favorite, really kind of light, quicker Euro games. Yeah, it's a good like filler Euro game. Yeah, and then a favorite from last year for me was uh, Raja the Ganges. I really enjoyed a lot and thought that was a was a pretty fun game. And then they make one of my my favorite party games too in Times Up. So which oh, we yeah. haven't thought much about, you know, any type of party games yet, and. So that's that's a good solid one. Times up is kind of the great equalizer. I have yet to meet somebody who's like that is the worst game. I hate Times Up. I mean, it's, right. it's really a, it's a fun party game, enjoyable, so. just yeah, fun time. So yeah, I, I think uh, R and R games does solid work. Um, you know, it's nothing fancy, uh, but I, they just put out solid, good games with decent components and. Yeah, I definitely, it's another publisher that I'm always on the lookout and seeing what they have coming up next. Yeah, it was on my short list. And did you know that they have like a standing contest of if you can figure out what the R and R stand for, you get some amazing prize. Is that right? Yep. I I don't know what it stands for. I've seen a lot of guesses and apparently no one has gotten it yet. Wow. Hmm. That's a super secret logo there. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or name, I guess. All right. For me... I've got one more pick, and this is a lot of stress because you guys haven't picked it. I've got a few left on my list that I'm really excited about. I just don't know how to make this last pick. It's it's really tough for me. You could have just couple. let What's Your Game off your list and no. you wouldn't have that much of a problem. <laughs> you are so bitter. You need to get over it. Uh, here it is. I'm just going to go with it. I am picking, and you guys, I would not have to fight for, for this game, but I, for this publisher, excuse me, but... Oh, I know what it is. Oh, I know what it is, too, I think. The Millennium's Blade publisher. Nope. No. Does it oh. start with a C? 
Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. CGE games. Oh, I, they were on my short list. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, if now everybody here, unfortunately, has no taste and dislikes Dungeon <laughs> Pets, except for me. But Dungeon yeah. Pets is a really great game. And they also have Alchemists, which yep. is a really fun worker placement deduction mm-hmm. game. And, of course, they put out code names, guys. I mean, that is a new classic. There's no arguing with that. I even like, which I know you didn't enjoy as much, but I even really like Adrenaline. I have fun with that game as well. It doesn't, I don't play it as often, but the production values for that game and and some of the other games, I, I just really like CGE. Now, I have yet to play through the ages, but I really want to. Clef just won't let me, but I, I am I am I want to play through the ages because I know that is a flagship of the company and I I'm I'm looking forward to getting that played at some point. When I think of CGE, I think of Vladach Vatel, and he is probably tops there. And the great thing is he's even got, as a family game, we still enjoy Galaxy Trucker as well, even though there's a lot of chaos in that game and craziness. But he his breadth of design is amazing. He's done, again, I said code names. He's done Through the Ages. He's done all kinds of different games, and I really respect that. And then, like I said, the production is great, too. And I did forget Vladimir Suhi uh, designs for this house usually, too. He's done Shipyard, which I really enjoy. And he's also done one of our favorites from last year, which is Pulsar 20... 2849. 2849. Yeah, great right. game. So I'm going to go with CGE games for my last pick. Yeah, I, I had it on the list, and then I thought I can't pick one that had jun- dungeon pets. Is it's okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm Ridiculous. kidding. No, I, they they do great games too. And so let's do a recap real quick. Richie, what was your four? So I drafted Pearl Games, Capstone Games, Lookout Games, and Super Meeple. Okay, I drafted Eggert Spiel, Cranio Creations, R and R. And Roxley Games. And I drafted What's Your Game, Spielworks, Eagle Griffin Games, and CGE Games. All right. Did anybody have any honorable mentions that didn't get mentioned that they wanted to throw out there? Simon Games. That's one that, you know, I like those kind of dungeon crawls. I also, I mean, they in the U.S., they put out my favorite game of all time, Lorenzo Il Magnifico. And they are, you know, they're starting to get into more of those zeros, at least picking up some more of those zeros, which is interesting to me. They have a Canizia game, for example, Modern Art, which is one of our favorite auction games. Yep. Yeah. And they, I mean, they have fantastic production, fantastic art. They're doing uh, Project Elite, which is uh, going to be a big Kickstarter at the end of the month that I'm interested in. So, uh, yeah, that's my honorable mention. Um, I, I'll just throw out, you know, a big boy in, in Stronghold Games. Stronghold really does do, and you know, usually there are a lot of reprints from other places, but they did Great Western Trail at one point. Uh, they've done Panamax, which is another one of my favorites. Uh, Kanban, they, they did a version of it. And and they brought Lagranha over, which is another one of my favorites. Certainly Stronghold is, you know, up there. Uh, they have that one game that everybody seems to like out there that, uh, oh, I don't know, you do something on Mars or something. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> They've, they've got some good ones, so I'll throw Stronghold out there as a as a just an honorable mention. I would like to put a couple out there. I think TMG, if I miss out on their deluxe Kickstarters, I'm always upset about. So TMG, they've got Guagong, the Forbidden City coming out soon on their Kickstarter in in combination with Game Brewer Games, I believe. And that's I'm really excited to have that from Andreas Stedding. And then 
you know, I'm going to say Stonemaier. I don't love all their games, but I've even said to Jamie, I will always pay attention to what you do because it's interesting and I appreciate the way that you do it. So I, I, I enjoy Scythe. Viticulture, as we know, is one of my favorite games. And the production values and the way he supports his games is admirable as well. So that's why I would I would put him on my short list of publishers. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So, so if we didn't name other publishers, because there are a lot that we really enjoy, that doesn't right. mean that we don't like them or that we don't love games by them, but that's just a list of publishers that, for one reason or another, hit our fancy, basically. Okay, we're going to throw up on our guild page each one of our drafts, and then like we always do, you can go and vote for whose list you like best, who drafted best, or in this case, maybe who rolled the dice best. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, We'll we'll put that up there on the guild page and go ahead and then also throw in some of your favorite publishers and what games that you really like by those publishers. Uh, We would like some new draft ideas. What you guys would find entertaining for us to draft. If there's anything out there specific, maybe a certain year that you're looking forward to, maybe a certain mechanism, um, you know, maybe a certain designer, maybe it would be a fun one. Something maybe you're looking forward to, go ahead, throw that on the guild also, or you can email us always at punchboardparadise at gmail.com, or you can throw it on our Instagram, which is also punchboardparadise. Or our Twitter account, which is... At Punch Borders. At Punch Borders. And then uh, finally, if you would like, you can always come and talk to us on our Slack channel. Chad, how do they get in contact with us to get on that Slack channel? They just have to shoot me an email at punchboardparadise at gmail.com, like you said. And they can ask us questions, too. We didn't answer an email question this time, but we, we like to do that from time to time, too. So if you have a question, you can always shoot me an email through that. But yes, get on our Slack chat. I mean, one of the reasons that we do this is we just have a lot of fun interacting, either on the Slack channel or on social media. So come visit those. We've got a Facebook page, Punchboard Paradise, as well. And again, our guild is 3227 on Board Game Geek. So check us out. We love interacting with people. That's, that's why we do this, really. And there you go. Uh, that's going to do it for us today. Stay tuned for next episode where we will be reviewing Capstone Games' newest release, The Estates. Oh, yeah. Some bloodthirsty auction there. Oh, it's going to be good. All right, everybody. Have a great night. Thanks for listening. See ya. Have a good night. Have a good night.